Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to The Art Detective with me, Dr. Yanina Ramirez. I'm an Oxford art historian, a lecturer and a writer. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm your chief investigator of images. Now, you all should know by now that I am a keen medievalist. And of all the periods, my favourite is, of course, the Anglo-Saxons. And what better artwork to epitomise, well, in many ways, the death of the Anglo-Saxon period than the Bayeux Tapestry. It is an extraordinary work of art. Now, I am at a very special event in London. I am in Granary Square at... Where are we? The school... What's this building known as? House of Illustrations. House of Illustrations, founded by Quentin Blake, I understand. It was his brainchild, yes. And I'm joined by a very special guest. Please introduce yourself, Joe. <laughs> I have such a long surname, I have to introduce myself. It's Joe Whitlock Blundell, and I'm the limited edition director of the Folio Society. The Folio Society. Now, I have a confession to make. Even when I couldn't put food on the table and eat anything as a student, I subscribed to the Folio Society <laughs> and these glossy books would turn up once a month and I would look, just, that would be all I needed as, as sustenance. <laughs> it warms the cockles of the heart and because you're so young, that must have been in my era as well. Oh, right. There would have been books that I designed. Well, I've been, yeah. a, I've been consuming your works for yeah. some time. But we're here for a special event, aren't we? We are indeed. It's the launch of the first ever reproduction of the Bayer Tapestry as a continuous scroll. The original tapestry uh, is 73 metres long, and it's an incredible artefact. Um, it, it consists of a number of scenes, but all the scenes interpenetrate with each other. They're continuous. It's really like the movies before the invention of the movies. Our reproduction is about two-thirds of the size of the original, mm. which is still over the length of two cricket pitches. <laughs> oh, my goodness, <laughs> two cricket pitches. Yeah. So it comes out about 49 metres, you were saying. Something like that, yeah. yes. My that's right. goodness. And the important thing about it is that the scenes uh, are continuous. Mm. If you reproduce this in the book, every time you, you, uh, you, you show an image, you're cutting through the next image because... Uh, you can't separate them from each other. So this is why it's so hard to do the Bayeux Tapestry in a book format. Because you you're just cutting you it up, aren't you? You're just cutting it up. Mm. Whereas this enables you to see it all one scene after another continuously as it was originally planned to be. Ha, so so it, tell it, me it, how it that's working. It's a scroll. It's a scroll. The Folio Society it, have produced it, a scroll. It's a scroll. <laughs> it, the scroll is over 40 metres long. And it is, I think, the longest single continuously printed image ever of all time. My goodness. 
Um, and it had to be printed on a special printing press. And it required particular uh, trickery by the reprographics experts mm. um, to join, because all the original images we were working from, of course, are single shots of mm. sections of the tapestry, and those all had to be merged together. You had individual photographs mm -hmm. of sections of the tapestry, and then you had to have an expert to make those look as if they were the same photos. <laughs> Is that well, one continuous yeah, they, photo? Yeah, they're essentially merging the photographs together. Goodness me. And then it was printed on a press, which is actually normally used for wallpaper, believe it or not. <laughs> so this incredibly fine artefact produced on what you'd think was a, a sort of throwaway material. Oh yeah. Actually on wallpaper it's a, It paper. is actually wallpaper paper. Gosh. And that's what enables it to be used in a scroll box, which we also invented specifically for this uh, production. The scroll box is about three foot, three and a half foot long. I've about, seen it upstairs. It's a yeah. lovely thing. Glass with, top. With a glass and, top. Yeah. And it has two handles in the sides. And inside is this massive scroll, which weighs something like seven kilos. I forget. It's, it's huge. Um, and you can wind it from one end to the other and thereby see the tapestry from beginning to end. Unbelievable. I, I mean, as a student of the medieval period... To be able to do that, I, I've been upstairs having a play with the, with the, with the box. Good. It is the most extraordinary thing. And what I think I found so extraordinary about it is the, the detail. So I can see individual you know, prick holes from the needles. And, and obviously one thing we need to say, of course, the Bayo tapestry is a misnomer, isn't it? it what is should indeed. we be calling it, Joe? Well, <laughs> the, the, the latest book on the subject does, I think it says uh, La Tapisserie, by, by, uh, but it then says the subtitle is Le chef d'oeuvre de, uh, de, 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 what's the French for embroidery? De la broderie. La broderie. <laughs> <laughs> so it yeah. should be an embroidery, so shouldn't it? Because it should it's, be an it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not woven wool. No. It's, it's embroidery that has it's been in sewn stitches. into linen, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, exactly. why is it so extraordinary? Why should we be celebrating the Bayo Tapestry? Because there's nothing like it. Mm. Because it is of such fantastic artistic value. I think so. <laughs> every single figure, every tree, every building is so appealing to the eye. The use of colour, the use of design is just stunning. Um, and because it is the key moment, the key moment in British history, without That's a doubt. There's a reason we're all taught at school about 1066, isn't yeah. there? And it is because of the redefining of the nation on, on just completely different lines. We go from an Anglo-Saxon country to a Norman province, essentially, don't we? Well, it was the merging of the Norman with the... And you know this much better than I do, of course, <laughs> but it's the merging of the Norman with the Anglo-Saxon that makes us who we are. Exactly. And, and, and it makes our language what it is. Mm. Perhaps that's the most important legacy of all of the Normans, is it freed up English from being a single-source language to being a double-source language. And that freed it up to bring in other influences from elsewhere. Yeah. So that, that's why it's such a, a rich and flexible instrument. And it's an incredible work of Romanesque art, but it's also this example of Opus Anglicanum, this, this skill that the English women, we're, yes. we're, we now... I think pretty much categorically assume amongst scholars that this is an English work made probably by nuns, possibly in Canterbury. That's, um, that's is, a seems theory. to be the favourite theory. Yeah. And, and who I commissioned would... it is, is very much up for grabs. It is, isn't it? So yeah. our options are? Well, Bishop Odo yeah. is the top candidate because he was Bishop of Bayer. So why else should it have ended up in Bayer mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for him? But the objection to him as a candidate is that he actually hated the Anglo-Saxons. <laughs> he was 
beastly to them. <laughs> Even though we had Kent, which yeah. was such yeah. a nice, nice, nice area place. to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, with the hop fields and yeah. the ale and, you know, and all the rest of it. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he did. Uh, he hated them. And the idea of commissioning them yeah. to write his own propaganda uh, seems a bit dodgy. Well, you it? say propaganda, but I think, to me, one of the most remarkable things about the tapestry is that it's not propaganda. Yeah. It's so even-handed. It's so fair towards Harold. Harold is the hero Absolutely. of the first half of the tapestry. He helps out William against Conan the Barbarian. Absolutely. By some, it, Mont Saint Michel, you can see Mont yeah. Saint Michel in the background. Absolutely. He's pulling the, the those Normans of out of the sand pit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he was the hero, and then he's given a suit of armour by William, and they're basically best buddies. Yeah. And then he gets caught in this tragic dilemma because he's handed the crown, almost literally handed the crown by the dying king, Edward the Confessor, which the will of the king, who of course became a saint, was not something that he could ignore. But he'd already given his word to, uh, to, 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 to William that he would be his liegeman. Well, there's this bizarre sequence of events, isn't there, where he ends up being blown off course and ends up being taken by uh, Count Guy, doesn't he? Yeah. And and then there is this very famous, iconic scene from the Bayeux Tapestry where he is swearing an oath on relics. Yeah. And what that oath is, we don't, we know. don't know. We is have to he, assume it's allegiance. We have to assume it's allegiance and maybe giving the crown over. But there's questions of marriage. Yeah. Could he have been being betrothed to William's daughter? Yeah. Or you know, there's all sorts of alternatives. But in 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 the iconic history of the Bayeux Tapestry, it has become that moment of yeah. kind of the weak, yeah. lily-livered Anglo-Saxon yeah. king. And there's that wonderful tentativeness of the fingertip top, isn't it? It's just, right. just uh, touching the relic queen. Really you know, I'm not this. in for this yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> His fingers are just hovering. But, but then you've got, I think you're right, I think there's a wonderful even-handedness to it because he has a proper coronation. I suppose the... Spectre at the feast is Stigan, doesn't it? That we have this suggestion of Stigan, the Archbishop. Yeah. Um, and so maybe he's not legitimately king. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but Stigan's a tr tricky one, isn't he? I'm, yeah, I can't say I know much about Stigan. Mm, well, he was excommunicated but, afterwards. Right. So it kind of cost... Odo had a very rough time afterwards as well, well didn't he? He went to Sicily, was it? Yeah. Uh, and um, got involved in all sorts of scrapes. And he was, he was imprisoned at one time, wasn't he, by yeah. William? Yeah. Oh, they did not have yeah. a good relationship. No, they didn't. But I, I think what's interesting as well is we always speak, you said this in your speech tonight, actually, it really, really made me chuckle, uh, this idea that actually the Normans are Vikings, aren't they, really? Yeah. And there's this whole way that people have tried to lay claim to the Bayeux Tapestry. Um, you know, you were saying Hitler tried to lay claim to it, yeah. Napoleon, yeah, give me absolutely. a bit of background to that, because that's so fascinating. Well, well, Napoleon was about to invade England, and he thought, well, who's done this before? Well, William, <laughs> William did it. No, so let's look at this this tapestry, which shows how he invaded England, and it's and he he had the tapestry removed from Bayer. He got it taken to Calais, where it was put on display to show his troops. It survived that journey and many other journeys. Mm. Um, but to me, actually, visiting Bayer for the first time, the really remarkable thing wasn't so much. The, the um, Hitler and Napoleon's appropriation of the tapestry, but the symbolic gesture that the British and the Americans made in 1944 in choosing Normandy as their landing place for the first invasion after to, to drive out Hitler. That is profound. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Before. Yeah, and and in fact, uh, Bayeux was the first city to be liberated, and uh, Churchill rubbed their faces in it when he turned up there. He said, "William came from this city to conquer us." We come back to this city to liberate you. Oh, my God. 
that's I didn't you know, know that's that. <laughs> all it, the years yeah, I've been yeah. looking at the pay attention. So it's fantastic, isn't it? But you know, that's about legacy, yeah. isn't it? And I think that there's something so interesting about how different people have interpreted it. I was reading about how Charles Darwin hated the Bayeux Tapestry, so it looked like it was Charles Dickens. Sorry, so... yeah. <laughs> it's me getting all scientific. Yeah. Charles Dickens hated yes, it. Yes, I know. Well, he said very nasty I, things about it, I'm didn't a he? Fan of Dickens, but um, that's he got it wrong on that. On that one, he, he did. said it looked very barbaric and yeah. very crude. Yeah. Uh, Ruskin loved it, of course. Um, but but that, this idea that actually um, it was it was famous in its own time. I read also that it was used because um, after after the uh, uh, French Revolution, wasn't it wrapped up in in a wagon or something? Yes. It was used to cover a wagon. Yes, I think it was. That's mm. right. It was. It was just, just treated didn't... barbarously yeah, for a right. while because, of course, it was yeah. attack. Uh, there was all this attack on the fine arts that Napoleon yeah. was inst- uh, was instigating. Uh, well, rather, the revolution was instigating, and um, and I think it was only saved because it was seen as an an, an antique, an antiquity, rather sure. than a f- piece of fine art. Sure, sure, absolutely. But doesn't that question yeah. our notion of what art is? Because to me, yeah, this is quite. art. I know. Don't you think? I know, I know. And and how will future generations see what we produce in our days? Oh goodness know? me! I know. You know how so can we define what our no, art is now? No, I we, know. we simply can't. But in its colours and its textures, and and you gave me some statistics earlier. There are hundreds yeah. of. Was it yeah. 50 dogs or something? Yeah, 55 dogs, I think it was, and over 500 other... 200 horses, 40 boats. 40 boats, that's yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. forget how many human figures, 200 and something, I think. Yeah. It's an Just extraordinary incredible. piece. I'm, I'm so pleased that the Folio Society have made this reproduction. How would people go about getting it if they wanted to, to they, get hold of it? If they go online and... Uh, I hope if they just put biotapestry in, it'll come up straight away. <laughs> Certainly if they put in Folio Society biotapestry, it'll come up straight away. Mm. And then they can order it from us. Honestly, listeners, I have seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the box, which is, is rather dear, let's be honest, to buy the, to buy the full scroll. But there is also an... You a. not tell me how cheap it is. <laughs> <laughs> for what they're getting. Listen to that. That's pure, pure marketing. No, no, it's, it's very, very... Me? For what, what? it is. <laughs> for what it is. It is a work of art. I am, I am thinking of not eating for the next month so I can afford to buy that thing because it is an absolute work of art. And everybody involved in it should be... Yeah, we should be raising glasses, which we will be doing um thank you for listening art detective listeners thank you so much Joe. thank you very much <laughs> let us return to celebrate the folio society's new edition that's a good idea <laughs>This is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.